You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're very, very thankful that you came to church. Are you glad you came to church so far? I love it. I love it. Um, hey, we've got a special, a special treat for you today. Um, I'm very, very excited to have. So, uh, Emily, she's fixing to come preach, and I just wanted to brag on Emily a little bit. Yeah, come on, give it up for Emily. Yeah, you can go ahead and come on up here. Emily is incredible. If you don't know who Emily is, Emily is our youth pastor. She is crushing it with our students. Um, she's leading. Yeah, it's it's so nice to have a student in her youth group because I know that my student, my daughter, is getting fed all of the things that are in the scripture. And so I just, I just, I thank Emily for who she is. I thank God for bringing Emily to Renew Life Church. Emily is, is a gift. If you don't know Emily, you got to get to know Emily. If you need some fun in your life, get to know Emily. If you just need to, to learn how to do a random karate kick in the air, get, get Emily in your life because she will teach you all of these things. I just want to pray for Emily before she gets going. Would you extend your hands to Emily? Father, I thank you for Emily. We just bless her. We thank you, Father, for the anointing that's on her. I thank you for the spirit of excellence and, the, and just the spirit of fun that is on her. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would set her on fire. I pray that the things that come out of her mouth today, they change lives in Jesus' name. Thank you for the gift that she is. We bless her and we welcome her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, well, like Cody said, I'm the youth pastor here, and I'm the crazy one that actually really loves being with your kids twice a week. Um, anything wild that we can think of, we like to implement and do with them. Um, I actually don't like eating gross things, so when anybody suggests, hey, let's have them eat something really yucky, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I try to fight for them, but everybody else on the team is like, let's do it. So I was like, okay, it's fine. Um, I've been married to Craig, my husband, for about 17 and a half years. He is my rock. He is the rock of our family. Um, and I am the tidal wave that just crashes <laughs> into him morning, noon, and night. Uh, I like to think that he is the steadiness of the Lord, and I am the wild side of the Lord. <laughs> uh, we have a daughter. She actually went over with the other kids. She's almost 12. She is probably the most amazing kid. I know every parent says that, but she is fabulous. Uh, one of the very first things that she said to me when I became youth pastor she was like, Mommy, we get to be together. You're the youth pastor while I'm in youth. This is going to be fantastic. So who, who doesn't want a kid that, like, wants their parent around? So, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, anyways, we're going to jump right in. Hopefully we're going to get this plane off the ground. Um, it might crash and burn, but that's okay. We're all here for it, right? We're going to do it together. <laughs> um, the main thing that I really, really want you to walk away with today is what it looks like to live in the Lord's strength. Uh, Really what that has been for me over the last two years, I want to kind of take you on this journey of what it's been like walking in it um, and learning really not to walk on my own, but with his strength. So just to give you a little background kind of on how I became the youth pastor, um, when we were doing the, ch the church plant in Lubbock, uh, Cody was the acting youth pastor and I was the youth coordinator. We had a really good thing going. We had great, great chemistry, um, we liked to do wild and crazy things, and so whenever it was said that they were moving and going to do a church plant and that Cody was going to be the campus pastor, I kind of died a little bit on the inside. I was like, oh no. <laughs> like. <laughs> 
could I please be a part of the hiring process? I just want to know like who I'm going to be working with. There just needs to be some good, good energy and chemistry going on. And he was like, oh yeah, absolutely. He said, so this is what I'm going to need you to do. So I'm going to need you to write out a job description, which is also not part of my gifting. Um, no. So he's like, I need you to write a job description and of all the things that you do, he says, and I'm going to put it together with mine and we're just going to start searching for a youth pastor. I was like, okay. I said, that's good. I was like, well, how long do I have? And he was like, no, you got like months. It's totally fine. I was like, okay, good, good. So, so when Cody officially became the, the campus pastor here, that's kind of when we started the process um, of thinking and praying towards that. But it was really, I think, March and April of last year. Uh, and then COVID hit. And so we kind of shut down for a little bit. And the Lord so graciously started speaking to me about me becoming the youth pastor. Uh, I didn't tell anybody, really. Um, well, probably because we couldn't because we were locked in our homes. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Craig, I was the tidal wave. Craig, am I going to be the youth pastor? I don't know what I'm going to do. Help me out. Please pray for me. Um, but the Lord just really started to unpack to me what it would look like if I became the youth pastor. And I was like, I, I don't think I can do that. Um, I'm not qualified, and I definitely don't know how to teach. I mean, I'm used to getting up on stage. I've been in theater, if you can't tell, my entire life. Dramatic. Um, so I just really started praying with Craig, and he was, he was just so great. I was like, of course you can do this. You love kids. You love being with them. They love being with you. You can totally do this. So I was like, okay. So I called Cody and I was like, hey, I don't know if you're thinking, maybe you're, pro you're probably not thinking about this. I mean, but I've been thinking about this. So I'm just going to just throw my name. If it lands, if you catch it, it doesn't matter, but I'm going to throw it in the hat and we can do with it what we want. And he was like, well, I was actually having you write your own job description. <laughs> he said, we weren't looking for anybody else. We wanted to present the job to you first. So I'm glad that you decided to listen to the voice of the Lord and accept it. I was like, done, good thing. <laughs> so, so in August of last year, I officially became the youth pastor. Um, and it's just been this incredible, amazing ride, this journey for me, um, like I said, that I kind of want to walk you through uh, what it's been like for me to truly understand what living in his strength is. Um, first off, the journey, it didn't start off great though. I'm just gonna be really honest. Um, I knew, like I said, that I would be fun, I'd be encouraging, I'd be great for the kids, but being administrative, no. Leading an entire team that has really been used to somebody being in there already the way they do things, and for me to try and come and just shake things up like a snow globe, it was a little scary. Um, I was kind of concerned about how it was gonna go over. And the teaching element, well, I just might die right now, because that is also not my gifting. <laughs> I am not a teacher. My husband is the teacher. If you wanna know all the ins and outs and the Greeks and the Hebrews and the Latin, blah, 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 blah unpack it, he's your guy. Um, if you want to stand up here and listen to something like this, then I'm your girl. So <laughs> um, sometimes I actually get so freaked out about trying to get what's in here because it's kind of like a circus out here that I feel like I'm speaking a different language. I feel like the kids, the first few times I got up and spoke, they were like, Who, Emily speaks two languages? This is great. <laughs> no, um, I just couldn't get it all out, actually. Um, so for the first six months, after every single Wednesday service, before we moved to the new format, um, I would cry <laughs> after every single Wednesday night. Um, typically, we would all go eat as leaders. I would steal a bag of Skittles every single Wednesday and eat them, um, devour them in my car and just cry, <laughs> just eating Skittles, crying on the way home. And I'd get home to Craig and he'd be like, what's wrong? I was like, I made a mistake. They made a mistake. This is the worst thing ever. It's just, we're not gonna be able to get through this. And he's like, 
okay, it's going to be okay, I promise. <laughs> so it just, it was a little brutal. Um, and something that you kind of need to know about me that will help explain why I acted that way for six months. You know, maybe a couple months is one thing, but six months is, I like to hang on to stuff. Um, but since I have been a kid, I have always wanted to be a prodigy at everything I do. Not just like halfway, we're just gonna be good at something a little bit. No, it needed to be the best. I needed to be the best at everything I did. Um, things that I didn't even know how to do. It's like, done, can do that, yep. I can always do the things that I think in my brain. It's like that meme that you see of the girl running and she's like, yes, I can do this, I'm running. And then of the little girl, she's like, you know, halfway falling down. That's, that's real life for me. Um, <laughs> a few examples that I, they're just some of my favorites. Uh, when the original Jurassic Park came out, I loved it. The soundtrack, everything about it, the girl screaming as the T-Rex was coming in on top of the car. Like, it was just my jam. And I was like, I'm going to be a paleontologist. I actually didn't even know what a paleontologist was. I didn't even know that word. I was just like, I'm going to dig up dinosaur bones. I got this. And um, when I actually learned how to spell it, uh, and realize all the school you had to do. I was like, no, that's not for me. I'm not that smart. I'll just watch the movie over and over and listen to the soundtrack. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and then in high school, I took a trip to Europe, and there was this tour guide for us, and she was just amazing. She was tall, she was beautiful, like so hip and English and had an accent, and she was super, super smart. She was trilingual. She knew all the history. You know, I mean, obviously she had to know these things whenever she would take us to museums and cathedrals and all of this stuff. And I just was mesmerized by her. I was like, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to make people know things about cathedrals and speak different languages. Um, but then again, I found out, oh yes, you have to be trilingual. Um, so that was marked off the list. So wasn't even taking Spanish in high school. It's like, nope, it's too hard. Um, and I, I think my absolute most favorite, because see, that, that was when I was a child, that was in high school, but this next one is actually, I, I'm an adult. So it's a little more, you know, um, shameful, but it's fine. We'll just do it together. Um, I wanted to be a ballerina. Go ahead. You can just laugh. You can get it all out. Yep. See, I know. Anyone who knows me knows I have zero grace. <laughs> um, Craig actually fears for my life daily, just walking. Um, I trip over things. I might impale myself on something, it's okay. So when I came to him, and this was after I had had Britain, and I was like, listen, there's this adult ballet class. I watch So You Think You Can Dance every week, religiously. I know the terms, I know what a pas de deux is, we're gonna do this, and he's like, okay. Yeah, you go do that. So I started taking this adult ballet class, and my mom was a ballerina. Like, she was able to get on point in less than two years, which is kind of unheard of, I've heard. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I was like, it's in my blood. I can totally do this. Y'all, I sounded like a Clydesdale horse walking across the floor, not even doing the moves, just walking into class. I'm here, ready to do this thing, let's do it. And the teacher was like, whoa, all right, yeah, we can do this. Um, so then I tore both my meniscus and my ballet career was over. It's fine, it's fine. Um, so just a little tiny background about why I wanna be the best at everything I do. Uh, there's always been this tension of, of me wanting to just go after things wholeheartedly, and if it's not amazing, perfect, fabulous right away, I tend to disqualify myself. Um, and like I said, I carried this into my adulthood until about seven or eight years ago. Um, 
And this is just a side note uh, that when our identity is wrapped up in what we do, we will never be satisfied with who we are. It will never be enough because our ability to succeed becomes our compass. And I had to really live and walk that out in the midst of learning what it was like to depend fully on the Lord for everything that I did. So I was spending some time with the Lord. I was in a really, really hard season. Um, We had just shut down our production company. Uh, We'd stopped working on a film that I had been going after for about eight years. And it was just kind of a really dark place for me. Uh, And I was like, I'm a failure again. So many things, it's fine. Um, And the Lord, he just was, he was so sweet. He kind of just bent down and he was like, Emily, you're not a failure. You're my most improved. And when I heard that, I was like, that's the worst thing you could ever say to me (laughs) is that I'm your most improved. Because what that shows and says to me is that you once sucked at everything you did and now you're just kind of okay. You know, so it's like, I don't know if I really, maybe that was the enemy. I don't know. We're going we're gonna to weigh this. Um, but I love it because what the Lord was actually trying to teach me was what living in his strength looked like. Um, he was teaching me that in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, that he, he was telling me that my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And I love the Passion Translation Because it says, my grace is always more than enough for you. My power finds its full expression through your weakness. I love that. I love that the full expression in our weakness of the Father's power in us. So being the most improved, this is what the Lord went on to tell me. He said it means that you're actually not afraid to go after something that's a little bit bigger than you. Or that's maybe small. He said, but you're just not afraid to go after anything because you're, he's putting his strength in my weakness to improve it. Does that make sense? Yeah. That his power finds its full expression through us. It's really actually a place of great humility because pride has to die when you have to admit you're weak. And a lot of us hear that scripture and we're like, yes, amen. I'm weak. Give me some strength, Jesus. But how many of us are actually putting ourselves in positions that we're weak and allowing his strength to be made perfect in us? Because it actually takes a step, a risk, faith, all of those things that we hear. Risk is spelled F-A-I-T-H. Is that right? Or is it the other way around? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's fine. It's okay. Whichever one, (laughs) you have to put yourself in that position in order for your weakness to be shown so that his power can be made perfect in us. So fast forward a year um, to me being a youth pastor and like I said, dying each time, a little bit on the inside, that I had to get up and teach each week. Um, I actually died a little bit this morning, right before I came up on stage, if you really want to know. But the Lord reminded me again. He was like, Emily, you're my most improved again and again. It's like that award that you get in high school, you know, the ones that's like most likely to succeed, which I think those are junk anyways, because how much pressure does that put on you? You know, the one that I got most likely to become famous. You know how long I carried that around my neck? (laughs) Most likely to become famous. Well, I haven't made it yet. I'm trying really hard. But I mean, for real, whenever I had to shut down our, our production company, Remember, you were the one that was supposed to become famous, Emily. Oh, shut up. You know, (laughs) 
I'm the most improved, okay? <laughs> Should probably print off a plaque and hang it in my, in my office or something. <laughs> Anyways, so what does that really look like, though? How, how can we ensure that we're living in the Father's strength, that we are knowing and understanding what that scripture means? So we're going to unpack it. We're going to get points because that's what we do up here, right? This is where the teaching comes in, y'all. <laughs> Point one, we realize that every, they don't have this, so don't worry about looking up there. Maybe they do, I don't know. Um, we realize that everything we have is from him. Any natural strengths that we have are his gift to us, all of it. So anything that you're naturally saying, like, I'm good at that, I'm really good at being administrative, I'm really good at loving people, that's actually from him anyways. Hate to break it to you. It's not just your personality, your Enneagram, which I love, by the way, it's fine. It's okay. Whether it's witchcraft or not, who knows? We'll talk about that later. It's okay. Uh, James 1.17 says, Every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from heaven with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word, which is Jesus, so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us, and become the favorite ones out of all his creation. That very last part has, has always spoken to me. I remember when I was a little girl and um, my mom who had to work three and four jobs, you know, just to provide for us and we would help her clean the house sometimes on Saturdays. And she'd be like, you're my favorite little Windexer. You just get in there and you just rub that table and you make it shine, baby. And so I carried that, I was like, yes. So when I read that, I was like, I'm Jesus' favorite. All y'all can be his favorite too, but I'm first and foremost. <laughs> um, so number two uh, is confess your weakness. The, wor the world tells us that weakness is bad and that to be weak, you're a cotton-headed nitty muggins. That's what you are. <laughs> Nobody wants to be that. But that's what it means if you say that you're weak. And everything from the get-go really conditions us to not be weak to not rely on anyone, to not trust anyone, because ultimately we could probably do it better and faster, you know, all of those things. But what that does in turn is actually teach us not to rely on the Lord. Because this is always this. Whether it's your dad, your mom, your friends, it will always in turn be this. So if we don't trust, if we don't rely on other people, get into community, help us uh, understand that there are things in our lives that they are there to help pull out of us, then we'll never get this right. So confess your weakness. And if you continue reading in um, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, on in verse 10, I love this. It says, so I will celebrate my weakness. Boom. Right there. Love you, Paul. Uh, for when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weakness. I'm delighted. How many of you want to say it like that? For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. Beam me up, Scotty. We actually have superpowers, y'all. Who knew it? I am made yet stronger. We're actually called to live a life of weakness. 
the third point, wait on him. In Isaiah 40, 31, it says, but those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. They will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles. They will run their race without growing weary and walk through life without giving up. You know, I was listening to uh, a leadership podcast by Melissa Helser, and she was, obviously she was talking about leadership, but she was talking about how sometimes we'll hear messages and there'll be seeds that are planted and then immediately we expect there to be fruit. Immediately we expect there's this to be this harvest and this plants and whatever shooting up in our lives. And, and I can so identify with that because say I read, I read this scripture, we're going to rise up and soar on wings like eagles. We're going to run our race and we're not going to grow weary. We're going to walk through without giving up. And the next day, oh my God, I give up. I just can't do this. I can't teach these kids. This is terrible. Didn't you just read in the word? His strength's going to make its way in you and make perfect in its power. God's portal, all the things that I've just said. But there comes a point when we have to actually meditate on it. Where we let it just drip on us. And there's a scripture that says, let it be written on the tablets of your heart. Any of you who are farmers know that it takes a season to grow anything. And all the components, good soil, bad soil, got to water, got to do all those things. So knowing that, yes, God is going to be made perfect in my weakness, that that actually has to take a little bit of time to come to fruition to see it made manifest in our lives. So just know that seeds are being planted today and that if tomorrow you have a complete meltdown and you forget, you maybe say a couple bad words, it's fine. Everybody does it, right? I'm the youth pastor. Woo! Okay. (laughs) Probably shouldn't have said that. Anyways. Um, So I'm a go-getter by nature. Craig uh, nicknamed me his little bulldog when we first got married. <laughs> Probably because I latch onto things and I just don't ever let them go. <laughs> my, my grandfather actually also named me Little Bull when I was very first born. Um, we found out later how prophetic he actually was. <laughs> so, small things, big package, loud, tidal wave. It's okay. Anyways, about seven years ago, I was, uh, had mentioned this a little before, we were working on a film that I had been kind of going after and, and really pouring myself into. This was about seven years ago. We owned our own production company, and we were in the pre-production process of making our first film. We had the script written, uh, we had producers, we had distribution, we had executive producers, all the, all the things. And we were really moving forward with kind of making my dream come true, of making my first feature film. And there's so many testimonies, even in what I just said that, if you wanna know later, come, te- come ask me, because um, they're, they're really pretty radical. Uh, but we had just come out of a really, really hard season in our life, and I was really tired, I was broken, uh, I had gotten pretty sick, and I just was kinda over it all, it was done. So I decided to shut it all down. I decided to shut the production company down. Um, I called my producer and my writer, and I said, hey, I don't know if you guys are feeling this or not, but I kind of think we should stop working on this. Um, and they were like, yeah, 
we actually feel the same way. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I didn't want to crush anybody's dreams and hopes and all that. Um, so we just shut it all down. And I really honestly didn't care if I had ever worked towards making another movie before or even watched one, if I was being honest. <clears throat> it just wasn't something that was in me. And again, knowing that I'm a bulldog, I'm a bull, I latch onto things and don't let go. Sometimes the Lord will allow things to happen to show us where our weakness is so that he can come in on the back end and make it even better. But we have to choose to let it go. So years, years pass, um, and this tiny, tiny spark started to grow in my heart again. Because when something's truly a part of who you are, no matter how much you want to shove it down, the Lord will always unearth it. If it's what you're supposed to do, you can bury it in the deepest, darkest crevices of whatever, and homeboy's going to come and unearth it, because that's what he does. <laughs> so this spark started to grow in me, and I would talk to Craig and be like, listen, I know that we've talked about this like 75,000 times, and I said that I wanted it dead, but I really didn't, and I cried about it a lot, because that's what I do. But I think I, think I want to do this again. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it's going to take. But I'm okay with just it being that for now. And I just kept hearing the Lord say, wait. Wait on me. I was like, all right. I can do that. I can definitely wait. So I waited for about three years until I got a call one Thanksgiving from one of my friends. He's a screenwriter. And... He was like, hey, Em. He's like, uh, I've really been thinking about you, and I want to see maybe if you want to, like, collaborate on one of my projects that I have going on. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that'd be great. And I really look up to this friend of mine. He's, he's a fabulous writer. He's just naturally a genius when it comes to putting things on paper and storytelling. And so I was like, yes, this is, oh, I have the windows open this moment. So we got together and we just started going over his script and changing things. And mind you, I didn't even know how to write a script. I had tried before with our other project. That's why I ended up hiring somebody because I was like, once again, not smart enough. I can't do this. I don't even know how to do this. And so he would set me down. He'd be like, hey, this is the program you need. Um, if you need, you know, go on the Internet Movie Script Database and just study scripts ones that you really like, ones that really speak to you that you would want to write, study them. Study their character development, um, how they write action blocks and all these things. So I was like, okay. So I, I started doing that. And the more that we moved into this project, I was like, heck yeah, I can do this. I'm actually kind of good at it. I love telling stories. I love making people feel something. And really that's why all of the times that I wanted to be someone when I would watch a movie was because I felt the Father calling me even back then, this is what you're called to do. But I had to go through all these years of, of understanding identity and my weakness for him to kind of bring it around full circle and be like, baby girl, it's right here. I have it just for you. So I started to write slowly, really. And by slowly, I mean like the title, 
of the script, <laughs> of my first script. <laughs> and then I just kind of left it. Because I was like, well, I mean, you know, it's fine. I'll come back to it. I'll procrastinate. And then fast forward again. We've been rewinding and fast forwarding a lot. It's fine. To, to me coming on here. And I really wanted to start implementing like video aspects into the youth. Like just fun, stupid, silly videos that we could post on Instagram. You know, nobody's going to remember, but they're going to be nice. Uh, and little did I know that one of our friends, he, he's on the media, he's actually the head of the media team. Um, the very first time I saw him, I was like, we're going to work together. Like I, outside of, of what this is, we're going to do something together. I just feel it. He was like, me too. <laughs> so I was like, great. <laughs> um, so we started brainstorming. And this was last year. And I was like, you know, I think I, I really just want to do a short film. I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? And he was like, yes, like, let's do it. I said, well, I've been reading, you know, um, in the Old Testament about Rahab and just her story just really speaks to me. And I was like, but I would love to like involve the youth somehow in this. And he was like, yes. So we just kind of said then and there like, okay, let's do this. So November of last year, I sat down in one setting and wrote my very first short film. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Uh, we actually have already screen tested it, cast it, and we're going to film it next month. <laughs> and in the process of all of this, because I used to do this a lot by myself, just me, a camera, save up money, buy a camera, save up money, buy a better camera. Uh, and I had prayed since the dying inside of me and, and it being resurrected. I was like, Father, if you want me to do this, I can't do it by myself. I'm too weak <laughs> to do it by myself. So him and his loving kindness and seeing the beginning from the end and knowing that this day would come, uh, he brought me people that I had prayed for for 10 years. People that worked in L.A. on major film sets. Not saying he brought them just for me. He has a plan for them as well. But when we wait on the Lord, we're going to rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles. We're going to run our race without growing weary. We're going to walk through life without giving up. Waiting on him gives us strength to do what we know we're supposed to do. Learning to live in his strength in my job has caused me to do it in all aspects of my life. So that the thing that's in my heart, my heart's desire, is getting the full expression of the Father's power in my life. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.